Hey, welcome back to season three of Pigeonal Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple of goalies have taken one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome our special guest, goaltender for the USPHL's Long Beach Shredders, Heath Goldsmith. Heath, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Of course, of course. So I so, always uh, got to mention this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to jump on this one. Uh, another yeah. guy with great hockey flow. Love the locks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a bald, I'm a bald tendy. After yeah. Coach yeah. Perkins, we have now have Goldie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's beauty. Like, I'm a, I'm a bald uh, goalie from wearing masks and too many ball caps. I don't know how true that stuff is, but... Uh, <laughs> I always appreciate good flow now, so I definitely have hair envy on you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I'll keep it on for you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've had a couple uh, guests recently with good flow. So it's uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Coach Perkins will be like knocking on a goldsmith door being like, hey, I need a goalie with flow. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that said, let's get started here. And uh, you know what? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey life, Heath. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, I was born in Fresno. I don't like saying that because obviously it's Fresno. Um, but yeah, I was born born in Fresno. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, moved to uh, moved to Vegas when I was like ten, and uh, started playing hockey in Vegas at around like thirteen, fourteen. Um, I moved to the desert to start playing hockey um that's kind of the joke there um but yeah I moved to the desert to get on the ice uh started playing hockey started as a forward uh kind of hated it uh, I've always wanted to be a goalie I've always you know looked up to Jonathan Quick you know being a Kings fan he's an amazing goaltender and has such a great compete level so you know always have looked up to him so hopped in the net loved it um and then we're we went we kind of went up through the ranks uh played house league for a couple of years um then played for uh the junior knights the high school team and and then went and played uh junior hockey uh for the san diego sabers last season and then uh, ended the year with the unlv skating rebels so and now i'm here at the uh, long beach shredders so that's pretty much uh my hockey career in a shortened up version nutshell so quick about the desert life. How how do you how are you enjoying Vegas? Uh, I actually love it. Um, it's a it's nice out there. Um, you know the weather's probably really bad for about you know two or three months in the summer where it's 110 every day. Uh, but other than that, it's it's very manageable and uh, the ice conditions surprisingly keep up with the heat. So uh, it's it's pretty nice out there. Yeah. So interesting side note. So I'm I'm based out of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So back when the Kings met the Coyotes, that was 2012, I believe, in the conference semifinals. It was hilarious. I, you know, I went over to talk to some of the players before practice, get some autographs type of thing. And, you know, because uh, Jordan, oh, I'm blanking on his name. His dad was the coach of the Sabres. Nolan, Jordan Nolan. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. he was, yeah, he was from my hometown. So I was just shooting the breeze with him. And the Kings fans or the Kings players looked miserable. And it was it was uh, it was an unseasonably high temperatures we were getting back in when the playoffs were hitting in May. So I think it was a hundred and sixteen degree day, but off the asphalt, it was it was coming in at one forty to one fifty. Wow. So these guys were walking around. I remember looking at Dowdy's face. I was like, uh, "How's it feel?" He's like, 
how do you live here? <laughs> and I was cracking up and <laughs> it was so hot that the coyotes could only take deliveries for a 30 minute period because that's all they could open up because like it would just wreck the ice. So, mm-hmm. you know, ended up being an interesting series to say the least. But uh, on another note, though, when you were talking about them being able to keep up the ice, the the beautiful thing right now, and I've been saying this several times, is Mullet Arena as much of a joke as it was for the Coyotes to be playing there right now, has the best ice in the NHL. So, yeah. you know, go figure, right? A, a de- desert hockey having some, you know, great ice. And, you know, in a previous episode, too, I was talking about how I'm looking forward to places like Nevada and, you know, Arizona no longer being, quote, unquote, untraditional mo- hockey markets, right? So, yeah. you know, it's it's great that you're playing and you've got everything growing out in a desert region. I think you're with me on this one. Isn't it beautiful going to a hockey arena in shorts and a T-shirt? Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely up there uh, for good feelings. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I would say that what I've heard, at least from people who have skated at T-Mobile even, too, is that 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 ice is just absolutely amazing um it's top of the top of the nhl i think they've been voted the best ice by the players like ever since they came into the league so it's interesting to to you know see that arizona and then vegas has the best ice in the nhl and it's not even one, one of the colder climates so yeah and chris and i were both at t-mobile arena <laughs> man they did oh, yeah. a phenomenal job on that arena that's just they phenomenal did. they did yeah, we it was it was it was the first home game for the Knights. And that was the first time I actually met Chris in person. So, uh, yeah. you know, it was interesting. We were meeting up between the periods and I said, well, let's go grab a beer. And I figured we were going to be missing most of the second period, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's a sold out game. But I literally had time to go get us a beer. So we slammed one back and we went back for seconds and we still made it in perfect time to get back in our seats before the, the puck dropped. And that's at a sold out rate. Right. I was like, this is Vegas just knows how to do stuff like this. So if, oh, yeah. if they're ever going to mirror any other arena in the league, I'm like, that's the way to do it. Because like, mm-hmm. nothing bothers me more than, hey, I want to get a beer in between periods. And next thing you know, I'm missing like five, ten minutes of the second. Right. Drives me. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of kind of bad when when arenas are like that. I think that uh I talked to a couple of my buddies work at Honda Center and they said that it's kind of like that. So, yeah. Well, the other thing yeah, I would I, say uh, that, uh, you know, anyone who's not of age can do the same thing with a uh, with a Coke there. So, yes, yes. <laughs> <Get> two Cokes. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, to all those up north, hockey in the desert isn't expected to be as good as we already been talking about. What brought you to the Vegas Junior Knights program? Tell us a bit more about your experience in that program. Uh, you know, the program when I when I started with it, it, it was very it was in its infancy. It, it has definitely gotten better. Um, I, I think that the only level that I could play in Vegas at that point was high school hockey and it wasn't very good high school hockey. Um, so uh, it was good for me at the time. But uh, looking back now and looking at the program now, I think we have a U18 AAA team, which we didn't have before. That's actually really good and competing um and uh and we've grown that that program has definitely grown uh every year they give out a scholarship to one of the high school players for their first year of college um to help them with it um so i mean that they've definitely done it the right way i think they took some pages they got some people that used to work in the king's organization working in that program now so i think they kind of they said okay we need to get some experience in here and we need to do it quick and they went from you know having no hockey to having you know, semi-decent hockey in over a span of probably two years. And now it's really, really good hockey. 
we're all basically living out west at this point. Well, I did at one point. Now I live in Denmark. But obviously meeting up with Steve back there in Vegas for the, the first ever Golden Knights home game. You knew big things were going to start happening in and around Vegas. But it's working and it, it's proving it. And Look at Nashville too, happening. right? Look at Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, their fans are right into it. They've branded it as their own. They've got yep. – they've, they're probably one of the most consistent teams in the NHL, right? They mm-hmm. just don't mm-hmm. – they they rarely miss the playoffs. They've always icing a good team. Their mm-hmm. scouting is unbelievable because Tendy-wise, where have they gone wrong? They have They've always yeah. – they've yeah. never gone wrong on goaltenders. And, like, I'm a Canadians fan. Like, we've, we've messed up a few times in our career mm-hmm. <laughs> with goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Wall. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 he had a great vision, you know, and Canadians, you know, I'll speak to this one. This all this all sparks some nice controversy here. But everybody wanted a team in Canada, you know, bigger in Quebec should get a team. And I was on that until I moved out here. And the vision was also television revenue, which generates everything in the league. But these markets are doing excellent. Like Arizona's got its own separate set of issues. We've talked about that before. But, man, the Golden Knights hit the ground running the anaheim ducks were brilliant because they branded everything ducks hockey everything yeah. was ducks ducks hockey in around that area just yeah. brilliant the way they did that, right and then quickly san jose and i think la followed suit you know quicker with that but that's the way you build the sport you know yeah. have the nhl influence on the teams and it just it expands it so quickly so yeah um, yeah i'm that, uh... Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that the Kings, the Kings have bought up some big real estate areas to put some more hockey out here. And and the Ducks have always been I think they just acquired a couple more rinks that were uh, that that they wanted to get to get in those areas. And so, I mean, like you drive in Anaheim, which is where I'm currently staying, you drive, you know, and 30 minutes in one direction, you're going to hit one rink. You drive 30 minutes in the other direction, you're going to hit another rink. So, I mean, it's it's literally like hockey is really becoming a big sport in in the West Coast. That's for sure. So what did you like so much about Coach Emerson Edom's program that led you to sign in Long Beach? Uh, honestly, it, uh, it's Long Beach, right? It's it's California. It's right <laughs> by the beach. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you could turn that down. Um, you know, that's definitely one of the selling points, uh, that we have over, uh, over teams that are, you know, not right along the beach. Right. You know, so, yeah. I mean, that was definitely a big selling point and I, and I definitely wanted to stay in California. Uh, I wanted to play in California or play in Vegas or, you know, something like that, especially when UNLV decided to say that I should play another year of juniors and then come back pretty much. I basically wanted to go and play there. So, I reached out and I liked what Emerson, what his plan was for the team. It was going to try to build a winning culture this year, which, I mean, things have happened and that hasn't happened yet, but I'm not saying that it won't. And, and I have I have confidence in what our team is doing and what the what the program is doing. So and I saw how they run the ship and I liked it. And so I just decided to sign there and play play for Coach Edom. Yeah, you're you're, you're having a rough go. We were uh, you know talking with the attendee out of Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And you know, talk about a terrible area to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some rough places there in California, Lake Tahoe, Long Beach, just like yeah. Oh, he, he was from yes, Austria too, man. A, like so, the, the guy, I think the guys only went to Utah. I'm like, the guys only lived in beautiful spots. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like I gotta, I gotta send them to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where I grew up. Hey, here's your punishment. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah, so what's been your favorite moment so far with your Shredders experience? 
honestly, just just being with the guys, hanging out with the guys, uh, winning winning some hockey games uh, with the guys. I mean, th- those are always the best moments, right? When you're when you're winning. Uh, you know, we've gone on a couple of streaks of winning. Uh, obviously, it hasn't held on long, but uh, we're working towards it, and and always working on our game together is something that uh, that's a good that's good for us. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd have to say just hanging out with the guys and. And just playing hockey and playing hockey in California with a good group of guys that care about hockey. So, you know, that said, us us goalies are we're a slightly odd breed, um, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Do you use your powers for good? Yeah, actually, I, I do. Um, so every every save that I make, uh, I donate a dollar to St. Jude's through the nonprofit One Puck at a Time. Uh, I joined them last year. Uh, one of my buddies is running it and it was a, he gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to be one of the first guys to join it. And I jumped all over it. Um, so I, you basically, the way it works is you pick a, a nonprofit that you want to give your money to and every save you make on the year at the end of the year, you basically donate that, that dollar amount to that, to that nonprofit. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a, it's a great, great way to get out and uh, help help communities and stuff like that. And, and even guys, you know, that, you know, say there's fans in the stands that want to match a game, they can go online to onepucketatime.com and uh, they can go to me and they can say match this goaltender. And then you just put in like the game and how many saves I had and then they can donate towards that game. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great thing for, for, you know, whatever nonprofit or whatever uh, you choose to give your money to. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So basically the goalies make the saves. And then for you, you chose St. Jude's. A goalie can go out there, um, be part of the organization and choose the nonprofit they would like their money to go to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a uh, and, you know, yeah, we have a sign up on the website where you just basically go in. Yeah, you, you put in your information and then we, we will email you and get you all set up if you really want to do it. Uh, and then, yeah, you just you, it's, it you know, for starters and stuff like that, it's it's huge for us to, cause it's a huge dollar amount that goes into those nonprofits, especially when, you know, like my mom has had cancer on and off for years. So I wanted to give back to some kids that I could, you know, help. And I've always had a thing for St. Jude's where, you know, I've always been wanting to give to them and stuff like that. And I've done stuff every year for them. So I, so once this opportunity came up, I was like, I'm going to do it hundred percent. So. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, sorry to hear about your mom. Mine's battled through two different types of cancer, and came out on top so far. So, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to watch anybody to go through, but a great program that, that you signed up for to help out kids. So, uh, you know, kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. Um, thank you. And, and way to, uh, you know, sh- you know, earn money by, you know, shutting the door on <laughs> the opposition, right? So every oh, time yeah. you make a save, uh, you know what? I want you to windmill it one time for me, buddy, to really drive it home. <laughs> I, might, I might have to. might have to. <laughs> Yeah, just just don't patty wall windmill it and throw it in your own net, man. I did that once too, and it's a little bit embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely not the goal, that's for sure. (laughs) I'll never forget that goal from (laughs) (laughs) Wa. You know, we love the position because of all the pressure that comes with it, right? You're that last, you're the very last line of defense. We love the pressure, but the one thing that stinks is, man, when you screw up. Everybody, everybody knows. Nobody ever lets it go, right? It hangs. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> Remember that bad goal you let in? Yeah, you're not talking about the incredible save I made earlier. Let's just talk about that bad goal I let in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so what would you want a college program to know about you? Uh, honestly, I'm I'm a really hard worker. Um, I pride myself on that. I'm always one of the first guys at the rink, last one to leave. Always working on my game. I'm a sponge. I want to learn. Um, that's how I've always. That's how I've gotten to this position is just taking taking criticism and not you know not being a prima donna when I get it and uh, actually listening to it. Just really taking it in like a sponge, and I work on my game almost every day doing something whether that be you know in the gym on the ice doing an, doing the oculus training uh doing eye hand coordination training so i mean i t- i take this very seriously and so i mean there's been some college programs that have reached out and they're like we practice once a week and those are kind of programs that i want to you know i want to hear i we're practicing two or three times a week and we're trying to keep improving our team right um, so that's definitely something that I'd want them to know is that, you know, I take this very seriously. I want to play at the highest level that I can. I want to play as long as I can. I think everybody does who plays this game, obviously, but I want to make a career out of it. I don't want to just play junior hockey and then play college and say, no, I'm done after that. Um, so I, I definitely want to play further than college. So. No, that's a good, that's what we all wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're in that position to, to, to make it happen. That's what, coaches and scouts want to hear is that people want to see that you want the role that you want the position that you're always willing to grow and identify areas you need to work on i think mm-hmm. that's uh one of the most critical things i think scouts and coaches and gms are looking for is um, especially if they've watched your video and they look and they're like so what do you think you could improve upon and they they already know when they're asking you they they know what they want you to improve upon. They want to oh, know yeah. if you know what they want you to improve upon. <laughs> Good on you. Well, because, you, also, you also ask any coach or scout too, Chris, sorry to cut you off on that, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest factors that you look at too, besides raw natural talent, is coachability and work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you can respond quickly to, you know, if you said a criticism or, you know, a change in your game, right, that's that speaks volumes, right? And then how yeah. hard you're willing to work to improve your game. You know, because nothing's worse than, you know, a player with talent that's just not, you know, that doesn't want to take any criticism, doesn't want to change their game. Right. It's, yeah. you know, being a coach, like it was nothing more frustrating. Like I remember coaching a kid and I'm not going to say where, um, but he would not get up off his knees. They just wouldn't do it. I'm like, dude, you've got to bounce back up. Like, yeah. you know, it's staying down on your knees. You're going to get beat like you're 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 down. You're out. You can't you can't. It's harder to push to get, you know, to cover your angles and to cover the net. You've got to get up. And yep. he just wouldn't do it. And he wanted to advance on with his career. And I'm like, you're just not going to do it till you can respond to simple coaching request right so yeah especially uh, you know especially yeah, yeah as a short as a shorter goalie myself i i don't have the privilege of being you know six foot six and uh so you know i i have to i have to work harder to be so precise with my with angles and depth and and all that so i mean i really really pride myself on working hard on those things and those aspects of my game and and, uh, you know, when you're six foot six, you kind of just sit in the net and you, you can at times just sit in the net and you're covering, you know, what half the net. Um, so, I mean, it's when you're, you know, five, eight, five, nine, five, ten, you know, that those shorter end goaltenders, you have to really, you know, focus on those little things and you have to work. You have to outwork those six foot six guys, because if you don't, you're you're dead in the water. So. Yeah, that's the Ben Bishop effect, right? Like that guy could just butterfly and like, where the heck 
is the rest of the net, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. you just look at it at times and you're just like, wow, you know, and then having some athleticism behind that helps. But then we've also made the comment going back to Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, at one point Fleury was just butterflying and getting sniped over the shoulder, right? Players were yeah. just waiting for him to start to drop and snipe. And, you know, it looked like he was dead in the water. You thought this was the end of, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, but he came back and changed his game. And it was phenomenal. Like I, I was at a, a Coyotes Knights game where, you know, the player was coming coming, coming right down the middle, fired a shot, and Fleury didn't even move. Just let it hit him, right? The player was expecting him to drop, and he just stood there, puck off his shoulder, and then played it over to the corner, right? Just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And being a fan of Jonathan Quick, like, <laughs> there's talk about another resurgence, right? Like, yes. two years ago, I thought he was on his way out, and then last season, he, he came back, yeah. you know? And... I was, you know, I was stoked about it because he's got to be one of the most athletic goalies in the league. Like, the, man, I don't know how he even walks the way he's in the splits all the time. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he's just like the way he stretches and bends to make saves. I'm like, this is just redonkulous, you know, how, how he goes about his game. But, you know, I always love to watch them battle back and get back into things. And, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the shorter goalies that you know, are, are driving through and making like Saros over on the, uh, Nashville Predators is another one, not a big guy, mm-hmm. but man, hard to beat. I don't yeah. even think Shesterkin's all that tall, correct? Uh, Shesterkin, I believe is 5'10 to six foot, I believe somewhere within there. One, one guy that's, one guy that's really good is Michigan State starting goaltender, St. Clair. He's only five foot eight and he's, I think he's absolutely dominating, uh, NCAA hockey right now. I think I think he's got like a 947 save percentage right now, and he's absolutely killing it. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy that I watch. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. yeah. thanks for putting him on our radar. <laughs> for sure. I, I appreciate, appreciate that. But, yeah, it's, I, I love watching skill because, you know, at, at one point they weren't even looking at goalies because I remember talking to some scouts, and they weren't looking at goalies. If you were under six foot, they weren't looking at you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I went, well, hold on. You know, because why would you discredit and, and, you know, move past a goalie just based on size? Like, it didn't make any sense. And again, defaulting to another position, Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Thank you, every other team that passed up on him. Thank yeah. you. Kings passed on him, too, so. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. many teams. And, being like, I forget where we picked. I don't know if it was number 13 or 14, wherever the Habs picked on it, or 12. I have to go back and look. But I was watching that draft. And I was, you know, I was a fan of his game. I just kept watching going, oh, they passed him. And they passed him. I saw the look on Cole's face. I'm like, you know, besides being a good talent, just he had that great locker room personality. I'm like, why are people passing on him? Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, when it came down to the Habs lap, I just, you know, blurted out loud, you SOBs, don't you dare pass up on him. And they snagged him. And I was so, so happy. It was also yeah. funny, though, watching Brendan Gallagher go, uh, you know, embrace him afterwards. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> two, two of the, t- t- the twin towers there. <laughs> the short guys, yeah. Yeah, but one's full of piss and vinegar, and the other kid is just so talented, you just can't stop him. So, hey, yeah. Uh, that, that team is, that uh, Montreal team is going to be scary in the next couple of years here. Yeah, they're, they're, they're loading up. There's a few teams, you know, like the, like, see, I'll throw it out to Seabass. As soon as Ottawa gets the rest together, yeah. they're going to be competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. The New Jersey Devils. Look at them right now, right? Oh, <laughs> dude, that's that was a that came out of nowhere. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? There was a few it. injuries and stuff, but again, shorter players that are skilled. And mm-hmm. what you're not going to like is the Anaheim Ducks. If they get a high draft this year with all the talent they have on their team, jeez. Oh, that's oh, yeah. well, the I mean, top it, five it, this year is disgusting. Oh yeah, it depends. It depends on how they use that draft pick, though. I mean, because yeah. I mean they, they've got all the talent in the world on that team right now, and somehow they're only able to win in overtime. I think. I think they've only won in overtime all year, so. Yeah, they're unbeaten in overtime, something weird like that, right? They can't, they don't have a regulation when I, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't think they've lost in overtime yet. Yeah, like I don't they, think they have. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it, but that's what happened with New Jersey, right? Is they had all this talent. It was just a matter of it coming together, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's getting the right coach to, to push them forward, right? But there's so many teams that have all this young building talent. Like, you know, right now the Coyotes are putting it together with some grit, uh, Clayton Keller, you know, good for him. Another smaller player, like he finally got his strength in order because he was easily knocked off the puck a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And last year, that injury he had was just so damn scary, him going into the board so hard. But, you know, I just watched him get a Hattie last night. Yeah. You know, uh, holding the game, great presence, making a lot better decisions, and he's stronger on his skates. So with all the picks that they've got banked up, give them three four years you're just going to see that complete shift in the league like these bottom teams are going to rise on up and the other ones that have to go and recalibrate you know it's going to be interesting you know there's certain teams that have a two to three year window now that it's closing pretty quick and these other ones are going to be stepping up to be the giants but um so we i think we've already covered this one chris's favorite nhl team and his favorite nhl player (laughs) yeah we can skip right through it yeah i think we have (laughs) yeah so we, uh, you can tell we love talking hockey. So it's kind of hilarious. I read that question and I was like, ah, that one's already done. So in your free time away from junior hockey life, tell us what you love to do when you're not on the ice. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, this may come to a shock to some people, but I actually do some singing on the side uh, just, just for fun. Uh, I've recorded some covers, some Christmas songs, stuff like that. You can find it all on my Instagram, obviously. But yeah, no, I, I, I sing on the side, you know. I just enjoy, you know, especially since free time in junior hockey is so precious and so so little. I do that, and you know, and I, you know, I also golf. Um, you know, used to play golf in middle school and a little bit in high school competitively. I uh, don't really do that that side of it anymore. Just go out there and try to shoot uh, close to par. I'm nowhere near par right now, but try to do that as much as I can. Um, and, you know, hanging out with the family, uh, you know, because you you get so many little, you know, quote unquote off days. Uh, you know, where you have more than two days in a row where you're off uh, that, you know, when when you get those two or three days off, you know, spending time with the family is huge. So uh, those are those are definitely the the top things that I that I'd say I do there. You know, uh, I can relate. We uh, we're Canadian and we moved out to Phoenix. So, um, you know, getting some family time in is pretty precious. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, totally get that. I, I'm going to have to tune into your Instagram, though, and listen to your pipes. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> Did you cover Mariah Carey, by the way? Can you hit the high notes like she can? I don't think I can hit the high notes like she can, but I can definitely, I can definitely give it a shot. <laughs> All right, look forward to that one. I'll tell the the boys to snipe low on you that day before you go sing, okay? <laughs> That'll be perfect. That'll be perfect. Definitely, I don't have the singing voice. That's uh, that's for sure. But you know, tell me something you think is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Uh, you know, when I got this question, I, I had to think about it for a while. Um, I, I think that I, there's a, there's, you know, one that really stuck out to me. Uh, you know, a lot of the, a couple of the guys on the team really like Nutella and I just think it's super overrated. 
Um, people are <laughs> people people are gonna fight with me on that one. Um, that, especially uh, the Americans on the team, they're gonna fight me on that one. But uh, no, Nutella is super <laughs> super overrated. Um, yeah, that 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 would have to be something that I think is super true that not a lot of people agree with me on. So. Chris, we can kiss our yeah. Nutella sponsorship. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I, if I go back to Italy, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm just going to be there for some Barbaresco and I'm going to get jailed because uh, we talked bad about <laughs> Nutella. <laughs> but you know what, Nutella, if you're listening, you can change our minds. You can change his mind. Reach out mm. to us. <laughs> Give us some of that sweet, sweet Nutella money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. I like it. I think I don't. I don't destroy it like a lot of people. I see people that they'll just straight up eat it. Like, oh, I, I, I do, no, yeah, those <laughs> people do that all the time. I don't. I don't understand those people. Yeah, uh, I'm not like I'm sort of impartial to it. So in Canada, one of the uh, hey Chris, did you ever have a beaver tail when you were in Ottawa? Yes, and when you have a beaver tail, Canadians love just being like, hey, we're gonna go get a beaver tail. And you, as the American, that's like, okay, I, I guess I'm doing this. I guess I'm going to eat a beaver tail. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like when you guys talk about your moose milk. Same thing, like, okay, I guess. You know, but after the beaver tail, I was kind of suspicious moose milk wasn't what it sounded like. But you can you can mm. you can let the let the listeners know if you don't want to know earmuffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm just going to describe the beaver tail. Ah, so like Canadians love donuts. Like, yeah, the, the two things that we love, ice cream and donuts and beer and hockey. Right. There's Canada in a nutshell. So uh, a beaver tail, is just, <laughs> it's just a pastry that you put something on top of it, just like a flat donut, really. You know, so it's not actually anything. Related a long, to a flat donut we're not we're not beaver killing tail. beavers, chopping up their tails and eating them. Uh, I'm sure there's some Canadians that do. It's it's a good little pastry that's out there, but they do put Nutella on it. I always had mine without. So I'm kind of with you on that one. So, if you could attend one concert in person of an artist or a band, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, oof, that that's a that's a good one. I, I would I would probably have to say the Beatles. Um, Beatles are definitely up there. They're they were nice. just it's just history, right? Like like I mean the the mm-hmm. fact that they put out so much music in such a short amount of time. And uh, we're so successful with it. It would just be so, so cool to be at a Beatles concert um, that that would definitely have to be the the number one there. You know, last last year when I went to UNLV, I took a history of popular music class and and uh, they, they went through the Beatles and uh, that just really grabbed me. And the Beatles, I mean, they literally put, I think they put out all their albums within a time period of like six or seven years, which is insane considering how much music they actually put out in that short of amount of time and how successful they really were. So yeah, I, th- I think it would have to be the Beatles there. So did you ever, did you watch the, uh, uh, get back, um, documentary? Uh, I, I have not yet. I, I have it on the list to, to watch, but it, but I have not yet. So yeah, I, just be careful to. because with your time being precious, you'll, you'll, it'll really, it'll really draw you in. It was, it was amazing. Like my wife and I watched it once and it went right back to watch it again. Really? And we were, we were already fans of the Beatles, but then when you found out just the process of how they make the music, how many songs they had, and even went around that album, there was all this stuff about the Beatles not getting along. They mm-hmm. had a lot. 
see that they loved doing what they were doing. Like they just loved being around each other. It was all the circus around them that really caused most of most of the issues. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I would tell you though about a Beatles concert, you know, because they didn't tour much because of annoying screaming fans, like young yeah. girls at concerts screaming their faces off and you couldn't hear them. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I so my, my thing would be you'd have to go to the Beatles where it's okay, either muzzles on the people that want to scream or just no screamers allowed. Like you can't be in here. I want to listen to music. Uh, I got oh, yeah. if I went to one of those concerts, I would have been knocking people out. I'm just being honest with you. Like, look, yeah. I'm trying to listen to a show here and you're screaming like uh you know, you're being stabbed. Like what's going on? On that so. on that note of screaming like you're being <laughs> stabbed, uh I, I, another artist that I would love to see is probably Elvis. Uh just just amazing what he was able to do and uh you know there were a lot of screaming girls for him i i would say so <laughs> yeah yeah wasn't a great era to go Just to live concerts bit. right yes yes <laughs> oh, so man. or they were doing a tour together right so chris who would oh. you choose i want to find out about that who's on your radar oh for me nirvana oh that's i would really? love to see kirk cobain live yeah that would how about you steve oh led zeppelin if I could see, if I could watch those guys live once with Bonham on the drums, you know, it's cool that his son can, you know, you know, would step in if they would ever tour again, right? But just love to watch John Bonham and and Zeppelin just, you know, just rip out a concert like that. That's top of my list. But you know, there was other ones like I wanted to go watch Soundgarden, Nirvana, you know, mm-hmm. all the ones that you know I missed out on, right? With you know people unfortunately passing away way too young, way yes. too young. And that's a fun one to explain to your kids. How come Led Zeppelin's not touring? Well, <laughs> how come Nirvana's not touring? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Don't, don't, yeah. don't quite want to get into that yet, but that'll be the, when I get to that don't do drugs thing. I think that's the best way of having that conversation, <laughs> if you really think about it. It might it's, be. It might be. <laughs> like, look, look at all these brilliant people. But anyway, on a, on a better note. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here then. Yeah, um, you jump on it. <laughs> Yeah. So we love now and then just it's fun to throw a teammate under the bus in a nice way. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what that's what I'm going to see about you doing here. So which one of your teammates would you likely find up late at night in a hotel room during an away game way past curfew, eating a hot pocket under the sheets, watching fail videos? Oh, that's uh, I, I, I the first reaction is I want to say Nate Compton. Um, but I, but I, but honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't know there if it would be Nate Compton. I, I feel like he gives off that persona like it would be him, but I don't think it would be him. Uh, you know, I, I could, I could see, uh, Cole Colbert doing that, to be honest. Uh, either of those guys, Nate Compton or Cole Colbert, they're kind of, they're two kind of goofballs kind of like that. Um, you know, but I, I don't know if they'd be up past curfew, uh, but they would definitely be they, they'd be pushing it. They'd be pushing it and they they, they would. They, that, that's for sure. And hot pockets. <laughs> hot pockets. Oh. Uh, guaranteed to give you diarrhea. <laughs> do not ha- do not have them pregame. That's yeah, all I can no. say. There goes that sponsorship. <laughs> today's yeah. today's episode yeah. brought to you by Nutella and Hot Pockets. Have a Nutella and a Hot Pocket. <laughs> Vomit <laughs> profoundly oh, for the next five hours. <laughs> it's basically oh, like eating Taco Bell right there. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, you know what? They found the secret recipe to Taco Bell right there. <laughs> yeah, I think we Nutella and Hot Pocket. <laughs> We're about to be shut down by Taco Bell's lawyers. <laughs> 
they figure this out for Uh oh. Hey, if Stephen Colbert can grab on him, so can we. So yes. We'll take, yes. We'll take, we'll take that. <laughs> so this actually comes in perfectly after uh, the, <laughs> after this last little chat here. What's your favorite stupid movie quote of all time? Oh, um, you know, stupid movie quote. I don't. I don't think I would call it stupid. I have a favorite movie quote. I don't. You know. Uh, I, I would say that something that I live by is uh, the legs feed the wolf. Uh, that's just something that I live by. The stupid the stupid movie quote, I, I don't really think I have a favorite stupid movie quote. I just have a favorite movie quote there. So I think, I, I think I'm going to have to take the stupid part of that out and just say favorite movie quote and say the legs feed the wolf there. But if I get one, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely shoot it over to you guys. That's for sure. All right, Heath, you need to watch that, some. You need to watch some. From? Which were the the, mo- the quote? Yeah, for our listeners, what uh, what movie is that from? The Lakes of oh, the Wolf. Miracle, Miracle, definitely Miracle. Is. The best hockey movie there of all time. <laughs> hey, if you need to watch some more Christmas Vacation, buddy, there's there's tons of inspiration on there, bud. Oh, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what's, I, what's I have yours, a bunch. Chris? Shit. I, I know, right? <laughs> Mine's when life hands you lemons, say fuck the lemons and bail. <laughs> um, that one is from uh, Forgetting Sir Marshall, and it's uh, Paul Rudd's character Kunu. <laughs> yeah, so he's got so he's got I don't know I have so many dumb movie quotes out there. Uh, like he also has this quote in that movie where I think it's um uh yeah like they're sitting on surfboards right off of Waikiki, and he's with the guy he's training, Jason Segel's main character, and uh, he's like, yeah man, when I moved out here, you know I uh. I got rid of my watch or something along those lines. And he's like, well, man, that's really cool. He's like, yeah, but my, my phone has a time on it. So, you know, he's just got a lot of dumb movie quotes out there that I just, I don't know if I have a favorite, but if I do, it's definitely, you know, when life hands you lemons, say fuck the lemons and bail. Um, yeah. The weather outside is weather. That's a great one that, for right now. That is, that is a great one. <laughs> so, you Steve, do you have any great dumb movie oh, quotes? God, man, everything from Christmas Vacation. Just quote the whole damn movie. <laughs> I, I mean, you could you could definitely throw out, you know, something from Fast and the Furious that I thought was just like a dumb movie line in general. The thing about the street the thing about street fights, the street always wins. Like, come on. Like it was just like <laughs> it was just so corny at the time of the movie. And I mean that's one that that's one that probably I wouldn't call it stupid, I'd just call it bad writing. Yeah, That's you know what? We can go through and pick out a million of those where I've watched a movie line come out and I'm like, oh, God, that is just so bad. It's so That's bad. got a future episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a great one for you guys. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get something to eat? Drive you out in the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, that's when his brother-in-law is visiting, yeah. <laughs> yep, cousin Eddie. You love that movie. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. God. Anyway, so many great, so many great lines in that movie. Such a classic. So, but uh, no, that's a great place to wrap this up. So, we again want to thank our special guest, goaltender for the USPHL's Long Beach Shredders, Heath Goldsmith, for joining us on today's show. Thanks, Heath. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. No, thanks for jumping on. We uh. 
we love sitting here and talking goalie stuff all the time with other goalies and uh any other goalies out there reach out we love talking to goalies you know we'll even talk to nate compton now and then but we love talking to goalies but uh that said we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in be sure to reach out if you're in the junior hockey or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast also follow us on twitter at phh official or on instagram at phh podcast or i even think now we have a tiktok which is just pigeon hockey podcast you know that one's work in progress but We'll be dropping stuff on TikTok, but follow us on any of those and let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear crease.